0: Again, Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Welcome to Again Gay and a Non-Gay. I'm the gay one. He's the
1: non-gay one. Big shout out to everyone who is donating to our podcast at gainongay.com slash donate. You're amazing. You really help yes. us out. Um, if you want to become a patron, head to gainongay.com forward slash donate. So a couple of weeks ago, we both went up to Manchester yes Um, to take part in their alternative pride festival It it was amazing so
0: fun it was so amazing we did a dj set our first ever dj battle obviously i won dan did drop ymca though so that was a pretty epic moment we also did a live podcast episode to nobody it was like a normal live podcast but there was no one there uh (laughs) but it was really fun and we caught up with the ceo of manchester pride mark fletcher and we zoomed in to one of our faves in new york bright light bright light to chat about his new album yes so you're going to hear both of those chats in this episode and it's worth saying that because we were socially distancing my mic does sound a little different because i'm about six meters away from dan Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Amazing guests on our podcast. Yes, we're going to be joined by Mark Fletcher, who is the CEO of Manchester Pride. CEO, and we're trying to the incredible, bright light, bright light. He's a great new producer. He actually made our jingle on the theme, uh, and he's played Manchester Pride so many times, so it's going to be amazing to get him here today.
1: That's coming out, but first, and this is our first in person guest since February. It's
2: Mark Fletcher. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really, really pleased to be here on this unusual weekend in Manchester that would normally be thriving with with literally tens of thousands of people. Yeah. How is it? It's been emotional, if if I'm honest. You know, this whole process that we've gone through this weekend to create an alternative festival. Um, I was doing some pre-recording for the Candlelight Vigil a couple of days ago, and it really just struck a chord. I had to take a second and step back. Just to remind you, you know, big, big, how important it is what we do and how important it is to celebrate LGBT people's life. Um, and that's why I'm really proud of what we've been able to pull off this weekend. You know, the, the message is really clear, stay at home, but still be proud of who you are and celebrate it. So it's um, it's been quite a journey. At any point where you're like, oh, do you know what, should we just give it a rest? You no, know, you can tell this is the first time we've met. No, that's not a bit. Just Sack it off this you year. know what? I've seen a lot of people do that, thinking, you know what? Let's plink, let's put things on pause. But that's just not. It's just not in my nature. It's not part of who I am. You know, I, I will always thrive off a challenge. Sure. Um, there was no way that Manchester Pride could not celebrate LGBTQ's life. If you can touch one person's life, if you can make one. Person feel comfortable in who they are, um, to be able to share their story or to be them whole, se- you know, to be their whole selves. Then for me, that's a result. Um, to see the, the reach that, that Manchester Pride has is. is can be quite overwhelming mm. but um, it's it's good to to check in with that every now and again I feel not just to get carried away with because I do find that the festival is is quite glamorous you know we bring some world class artists to celebrate us thank so- you <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's good to be here <laughs> yeah.
2: you know what it's good just to pinch yourself and just to remember why it is that we're doing what we do as well I think it's interesting because actually like what our podcast does is
0: unites people that are different across all sorts of places all over the world and you're doing exactly the same on a much bigger Scale Manchester Pride exists in Manchester, but its impact is huge worldwide. Yeah. Especially when we look at what happened with the Pride flag, when you guys led the way in changing the flag to an eight-stripe flag.
2: That for me is one of the things that I'll always be proud of. You know, when I look back on, on in my tenure, uh, I am still CEO of Manchester Pride. But should I ever not be? <laughs> <laughs> You've got your legacy down. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is one of my legacies, and I'm really proud. You know, as an LGBT plus person of colour, it was it was really important for me to tell that story and I think I had a rude awakening um, when I experienced racism at our festival um, by somebody who knew who I was in terms of, in context of Operating the, the charity and I found it really bizarre so, so then I started having the conversation and question with other um, queer people of colour and we launched a survey to find out what the experiences of BAME LGBT people were in and around uh, Greater Manchester and specifically at our events and I was pretty damn disgusted I, I'm really kind of a private person so for me that was the first time that I had to really check myself and, and just think about what I could do here to initiate this to spark this conversation to initiate change and use my platform as a queer person of colour to say, whoa, do you know what is going on here. This is not okay. I am here heading an organization that's championing LGBTQ plus equality. And I am facing discrimination within LGBTQ plus safe spaces. And there are tens of thousands of other people that, that, that are suffering that as well. And its um, I had a, a conversation here. We started with conversations with our board of trustees to explain to them what, what my experience was um, and to share the, the, the data from our surveys. And they were quite appalled and massively supported what what it was that I was suggesting we do, which was to make black lives more visible when it comes to queer spaces and certainly what what we're doing to make sure that lgbtq plus people of color know that our festival is for them um so we we took a step back and thought about how we, how we should do this uh, and we consulted that's the first thing we do went out to talk to people who um who had done our survey we held listening groups and then it was it was kind kind of overwhelming but sifting through some of that feedback to hear that that whilst i'm responsible for the advancement of equality and arranging this this fantastic pride parade every year, that there are people who just felt that they did not fit or they did not belong or they've been made to feel by LGBTQ plus people who are not of colour that they don't belong and they don't fit here and this festival's not for you and we're gonna, you know, culturally appropriate you we're going to mimic you in our drag. Yeah,
0: I, I, the, the, it, was, it was kind of odd. You talked about drag there, but yeah. w- what does it look like, that kind
2: of discrimination within our community? Wow. Well, you know what? When we launched the new identity, which which included those stripes, um, I, I, I went away, I, I got married last January, so then I was heading to my honeymoon, and, and I was on a plane on the way back um, once we'd gone live with... Nationally, with with the the identity, um, and there was a drag queen that was performing in Manchester's Gay Village at the time that had mimicked the the visual identity, and that created a poster for their show, which had a picture of a unicorn. <laughs> the irony, um, vomiting the rainbow that we'd had on our visual identity, saying uh, pretty much saying there's no place for the black and brown stripes. Wow, um, that was a massive blow and really crushing for me uh, because at the time. I'd really put myself out there, and as a private person, that's not something I've done. I've always put, put myself you know, uh, behind my work and the organisation, but, but very much from, from, from behind. Um, for me, this was stepping out and saying, well, look at me and listen to me. This is my lived experiences, and I've spoken to people, and this is a real issue. It was divisive, and that was the most shocking thing for me. Was really? What is it you're questioning? I'm telling you of a racist experience that I'm having as an LGBT plus person in an LGBT plus safe space. How how can you not agree with me saying that that's not right? And it sparked the conversation and and there seemed to be controversy and that wasn't what we were courting. We were just calling out this issue to say, it's not okay, let's work on this. Um, And to see the level of hate that was aimed towards me personally um, and towards Manchester Pride as the organisation was shocking. I felt alone. There were peers um, and and people that worked worked alongside and should have been supporting that narrative in this city that, that kind of fell silent. People that, that you know, that proclaim to, to represent LGBTQ people, they fell silent. They didn't have anything to say. One of them actually said to me that they have their own views on what the flag should look like.
0: I've had so many conversations with different gay people in different places all over the world and it's confusing hearing gay people say, well, that flag white gay people say that flag represents everyone anyway. The purple stripe doesn't mean gay or this or that so why do we need this black and brown stripe? But it, it's really like missing the point isn't it? we <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is missing the point. And I, I'm really pleased that people are starting to get it and to understand that as a person of colour, who is also LGBTQ+, you face so many more levels of discrimination. Um, and it's it's almost, you know, we are seeing through what's happening at the, at the summer, you know, that people are understanding what racial inequality really is. Uh, and through the, the Black Lives Matter movement, people are starting to question what systemic race and racism is, you know. I'm traumatised by what happened. You know, my team was so respectful at, at the time of, George Floyd's death as to how we're going to respond this is you know racism is something that we've been tackling for for a long time Um, but it makes you stop and think about everything you've learned and everything you've been taught is that right you know I'm so proud of what we've done with with the visual identity and I'm so really really proud that we sparked that conversation and that we're we're chatting about it now you know what we've done this year we've also included um, the trans colours into our our rainbow now um, because I think that's incredibly important these these are two issues that need to be addressed discussed and brought to the forefront and we've done it casually you know we did it with with the black and brown strike we didn't go out screaming and shouting we said this is what what we're doing and we're recognizing marginalized um, sectors of our communities that, that need representation that, that, that want a voice um, it's the right thing to do
0: absolutely um, we touched on this recently about the sort of sexualization and fetishization of minorities and yes. and how that is another thing that we kind of need to deal
2: with that's what happens to me you know you know and again it, it, it's fetishization you know somebody coming up to me saying oh you must have a massive cock at our festival, why? Why must I have a massive cock? You know what I mean? You're saying that because of the colour of my skin, because of what you've heard. And I'm like, do you understand what you are saying there? Is that what I am? Is that what you see? Is that, you know, it's it's kind of... It's just bizarre. And and then, um, yeah, for, for people who didn't really understand types as well. What Grinder has done recently is is brilliant um, in recognising racism on um, dating apps and, and calling it out and saying this, this has to stop. For somebody to think that they can say you no know, blacks, Hispanics or Asians on a Grinder profile, it's racist yeah, bl- in the bluntest form. People... Needed to stop and think about that. I think it's we've been so blinded for so many years. It's become the norm. Casual racism exists everywhere, mm. and now when when you stop and think about it, anybody with any any kind of intellect or correct moral standards is just thinking, whoa that's not right but it's really difficult to unlearn these things
0: it is and it's so weird how we've been put into a place where we have learned them yes and i guess that comes back to all of this kind of systemic racism these words i don't necessarily understand (laughs) by the way but yeah it's um, it's just a nightmare and there's so much to unlearn and relearn but it's what we've got to do and that's why i think manchester pride is one of the best in the world because it is making its mission to teach people where we should be going. Yeah. So we're really happy to be here. What's yeah. been your highlight then of the virtual festival? Because you've changed things up this year, and I think in a way it's let us see Manchester Pride completely differently as well.
2: Yeah, it has, and I'm really excited that we've been able to do that. For me, I would say, you know, it's been Manchester Pride Parade, the movie. We, we've pulled together a film which has charted the, the history of the um, modern Pride Parade, what it's about, um, and to really remind people that this is not just a big flouncy gay. Parade. This is a march for equality. So on the on the movie, it's a, it's a short film, but we were able to, to rewind the clock to look at where we've come from, um, and I believe that you always have to look at where you come from to to get to where it is you, you need to go. Um, and I feel that's that's really going to educate a lot of people to understand. Oh, wow. It was only 20 years ago that that, that that happened. Oh, wow. It was only 10 years ago that that happened. It's had me in tears. I've watched it, you know, I've watched it about three times. Um, about, well, have you watched it three times or not? Watched it, <laughs> watched it three times.
1: I do not want homosexuality promoted.
2: The reason Class 28 has been introduced is to scapegoat and victimise and create second class citizens. Manchester City Council are not prepared to help create second class citizens. We have
0: earned this party, we have marched for this
3: party, we have come out again and again
0: for this party, we have had to leave our families for this party
1: yeah I mean the the Manchester uh, Pride the movie is absolutely incredible but I was hoping you were going to say the highlight was our DJ set yesterday yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: what time was that on I must have well, honestly, <laughs> you know what it was brilliant thank you so much you look, you look like you were having so much fun yeah. You yeah we were who won though because you should really be the deciding on, uh, oh, deciding yeah. on right. that now someone has said are we doing this is somebody actually going to win or is this are we yeah. just being polite well well, it's Pride right you've won James thank
0: you well, so you just
1: won before we even started
2: yeah <laughs> no 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 I can, you know you what know, well, I walked into this and I thought, okay, which way is this going to go? And to be fair, Dan, There were some anthems that you were kicking out there, but for me, no. in on t- on terms of, if you're looking at who got me on my feet the most, James. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, YNCA YNCA, dance, dance,
0: dance choice did alright. Big, <laughs> big, big, big tune. Big uh, I feel like Kylie probably swayed it, if I'm honest. <laughs>
1: Well, Mark, thanks so much for chatting to us, and thanks for having us. Hopefully, we'll see you in 2021. You will
2: definitely, whether that's here in this forum or whether it's uh, or maybe on one of our performance stages. Oh doing a Head to head, <laughs> boys, rematch. <laughs> Listen, it's been incredible. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's been really therapeutic actually talking to you guys. It's
1: actually been amazing to have somebody. We have been doing interviews, but this this whole time, but it's all been remote and all Zoom and yes. yeah. When you do a Zoom one, you've got a little countdown, you know, because we have we have the free Zoom. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And actually, we, we interviewed uh, Chas Bono uh, last wow. week. Wow. And James asked him a question about Cher. And Finally.
0: It... I have held off the whole interview. I was like, right, OK, here we go. I'm going to ask my Cher question. And then it just cut off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. He just thought, no thanks,
0: bye. I love you so much. Thank you for being on again and on Gay.
2: Thank you so much.
1: You're listening to A Gay and A Non-Gay, live from the Manchester Alternative Pride Festival. Stick around, we'll be joined by Bright Light, Bright Light, when we come back. Okay, so we are now going live to New York. Yes. Where it is eight o'clock in the morning. Good morning, it's A Bright
0: Light, Bright Light. Good morning, how are you? Are you in Manchester at the moment? Yeah, we are. It's a really different Pride this year. Everything is virtual. It's the same all over the world. I mean, how how are you feeling, like... Pride wise
3: I feel really sad for the people that actually need physical prides because you know not everybody has a home that's supportive, not everybody has family that's supportive, and for a lot of people in the world, I think the physical prides are for them a place that they can go and be around people that are like minded or in the same lgbtq plus bracket for however long that's for, and I worry about those people that don't have that that in their daily lives. So it's very problematic, I think, everything being online because not everybody in the queer community has access to a computer and the internet. Not everyone has the budget for that. And at least physical prides are mostly like open to everybody from generally every price bracket.
0: Pride is about togetherness, isn't it? And Without being together, it's difficult to get that sense of community. But, you know, music helps us get that. And your new album is coming out. Good segue.
1: <laughs> so is this, is this an album that you've made in, in lockdown? Or was it, was
3: it sort of all ready to go before lockdown? And you sort of put the finishing touches to it? It was all done um, pretty much last year. And I got it mastered end of February. So everything was up in the systems, ready to go for the start of March. And the first single was planned. And then quarantine happened uh, the week before the first single. Much like your tour, Next at the last minute, I was supposed to be playing at tons of different prides this year. Obviously, none of that happened. But the the creative stuff was done before lockdown and we'd done two videos luckily because I'm a grandmother and I plan everything a lot in advance Um,
0: there's so many incredible songs on the album but before uh, we talk about that I just want to ask why our theme tune wasn't a bonus track (laughs) well I didn't I thought I'd have to owe you royalties for
3: that or something (laughs) but it was a conflict of interest
0: (laughs) well we love it thank you so much for making our new theme you're so welcome it was really Uh, fun to do actually that was the first time you've produced a sort of metal theme as well I guess like a metal piece of music how was that
3: it was yeah it was it was great
0: (laughs) you gonna go in a new direction
3: on the on the next record (laughs) we'll see we'll see Dan Uh, especially (laughs) you with that the new beard that you have maybe you confront the project I think oh yeah I mean it's it's a very metal inspired
0: beard yeah I mean you can't really go from working with Jake Shears to working with Dan Hudson to be be honest with you so what's going on with the album's vibe because there's a lot of goodbyes there's good at goodbyes and there's also goodbyes are exhausting the
3: The album, I wanted to reflect lots of different angles of the LGBTQ plus experience. So over the last couple of years, I've been listening to people researching old films and literature and just sort of seeing what people are doing in our community and how things have changed and how they haven't. And so there's the lighter sides in the record, like I Used to Be Cool and Sensation, which are about the happier moments in culture of like delusional fantasy about romance and Uh, finding your people and community spirit, Good at Goodbyes taps into the whole like Shirley Valentine kind of side of gay culture where you're this sort of like lovelorn, romantic tragic figure that like should be moving on but you actually can't do that so it's somewhere between like shirley valentine and like dorian green from birds of a feather you know <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh role model for that <laughs> and the bird cage as well there's like the rose tinted sentimental side of gay culture where you should be moving on but there's the romance of the past which i feel like is a big experience and then saying goodbye is exhausting is about a friend who died Because I feel like in the LGBTQ plus community, we're constantly saying goodbye to people far too young. And it's far too frequent, especially when it comes to trans women, black trans women, um, Latin trans women. And the process of having to say goodbye to people day after day after day is utterly exhausting and utterly unacceptable. So I wanted to have something more serious in there as well.
0: I'm embarrassed that I thought that was about saying goodbye to like one night stands and when actually it's it's... about about a friend
3: (laughs) who died. Um, And I have lots and lots and lots of people who have had friends that have died in the last year alone, you know? Um, And I think people don't really know how to process that. And I feel like culture is still somehow ignoring the fact that Trans people die every week. You know, there's been a case every single week and it just needs to be discussed head on. The the album is trying to start conversations with people in and out of our community, really, because I feel like the lack of conversation in so many walks of life is what leads to divisions and this like screaming across the chasm that people have between like Democrat and Republican, like Tory, Labour, um straight gay it's like we're all people and as long as you can just discuss topics that bridges the gap for so many different people you know even within the lgbtq plus community it's not perfect there's division there's ignorance there's lack of responsibility and i feel like people just need to address things that they're doing right and wrong and start talking about them to to help everyone out yeah so it's very heavy for sunday morning i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean we're always heavy on this podcast Uh, and that is you know that is so true for our community we've always had to deal with saying goodbye to to friends of ours and that's been happening since before i was even born and, and continues today and it's so awful that the media is just ignoring the situation with with trans lives and black trans lives in america and around the world and i just don't really get it it's
3: funny that they're ignoring it but they're also not like they're reporting it but as if it's just like par part of course you know it's as if it's saying like today is sunny tomorrow it's going to rain Somebody dying isn't simply just like another, "Hmm, well, there you go, fact of life. That shouldn't be acceptable because we have all of these things in place, quote unquote, the police and the fire system and ER and, you know, doctors and hospitals so that people don't just happen to die, but they do. And people are like, huh, how is that reality? On the plus side of things, you have your podcast, A Gay and a Non-Gay, which is bridging a gap. And I think that that's something super important where like you don't often see that camaraderie talking about the same issues and dealing with the same things. And one of the reasons that I love Erasure is that it's a straight man and a gay man, and they have this constant dialogue, and you wouldn't remotely put a difference between them when it comes to the songs, because they just have this synergy... And I think, like, just showing people, you know, not us or, like, people we know, but, like, showing the world, quote-unquote, that people can coexist like that, that are so different, does make a difference to some people that just don't understand people who are not like themselves. So it's an important representation.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's funny. We we get a lot of messages from people who are straight or gay saying oh my god my best friend is gay and i'm straight or my best friend is straight and i'm gay and like you two are exactly like us and
0: um originally i was like is it that big a deal but i guess it is but that's such a straight point of view because to a gay person it is quite a big deal because i don't really i mean before you i I didn't really hang out with straight people and and openly i would say i was probably quite scared of them because you just don't know how they're going to react to you and you don't want to have to answer questions endlessly about sexual positions that straight people <laughs> seem obsessed with. Like, oh, how do you do it? Like, who cares? What, how do you do it? Um, Look at the internet. It's there. <laughs> right? And I'm sure Dan has. Like, he, he says he hasn't, but he's definitely been on, on, uh, on tube or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. As if you don't use it, James. Oh, that's sight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so I've been lucky enough to be in lockdown with my boyfriend, but that, that also brings its own issues in that I can't really watch porn. So I have actually genuinely forgotten the websites. <laughs> so uh, you'll have to send them to me, Rod. <laughs> Sorry, just let me get my, my tiny violin out for that. Shade. I love the Sylvia Rivera sample on your album. Um, that is honestly the most powerful opening to a song I think I've ever heard. I do not
1: believe in a revolution, but you are too. I believe in the gay power. I believe in us getting our rights. Or else I will not be out there fighting for
3: our rights. It's genuinely one of my favorite speeches that I've ever heard. It's so incredible. And the, the crazy thing is that she's being booed when she's making the speech. And I just can't, I can't believe it. Like if anything symbolizes the disparity in our community, it's that. It's the person that was out there fighting
0: for the rights being booed. It's mind blowing. That's still happening now. Like trans voices are are constantly shut down. But that in that moment, that was happening f- from members of the LGBT community, right? Or not the T, but it was gay people booing. I and mean, it just takes a lot to get your head around that, doesn't it?
3: It does. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying to um to realize that people still don't value trans lives in the midst of everything. And you know, it you do see the lack of empathy in the culture because I'm sure you felt this as well, but like as a gay man, I've definitely walked into a queer space, a gay space, a gay bar, whatever, and felt utterly invisible because you're not the sculpted Instagram person, white person that they're lusting after. And that sounds ridiculous as a white man to say that, but like, the exclusionary um, tactics of people within our community are so specific to a trans person that is invisibility is crushing. And it's just like another reinforcement of the fact that they're not worth what non-trans people are worth. And it's not acceptable for people to treat them like that. And I don't understand why it still exists.
0: I also feel that on Instagram, actually... And I don't know if you do as well. And obviously, I'm just sort of getting my head around it while I speak. But I'm terrified to post anything in case I don't look like I should look because there's everyone else looking a certain way on Instagram. And that must be even more crushing for trans people. It's just you see what people
3: are looking for and it's very transparent. If you look at like the search function on Instagram, for some reason, I don't even follow these people, but like the... Suggested things. It's like some hot dude just like smiling to the camera. It's like Monday. I'm like, how has that got like 17,000 likes? It's just one person just saying the word Monday. It's just meaningless. I don't know if that's what it takes to be instagram famous I, I truly hope never to be <laughs> <laughs> but if it was you dan with your beard being like monday i'd be like 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 like, like. yeah well of
1: course yeah
3: <laughs> thanks so much for joining to us rod hope to see you in actual real life sometime soon you know zooms are great and all that but it's not the same
1: Whenever We ever make it to new york you can come and perform the uh again non-gay thing
0: <laughs> the pop version though not the not the non-gay version i'll keep everything crossed Thanks for listening today. Bright Light, Bright Lights, amazing album full of incredible queer artists is out now. And the videos from Manchester Pride's Alternative Festival are online right now. Thank you so much to everyone that's supporting our podcast too. You help us create meaningful audio that will hopefully lead to acceptance for everyone. Go to gaynongay.com slash donate to join our patrons. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support gay and non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.